Welcome to the Bushy Black Brother Network. Good afternoon and welcome to the Minorities Report. I'm Michael, your Bushy Black Brother, and I have a special guest. Today, he's known by many titles. Many uh, titles. Many titles. <laughs> I'm just going to say a few. Uh, author, artist, teacher, entrepreneur, speaker, motivator, father, husband, and I can call friend. Yes, sir. My buddy, friend, all that, Russell Kirkman. How are you doing today, Russell? Man, I'm great, Mike. Man, thank you for, for offering me to come over and talk with you man and be a part of your program man it's a pleasure you are gifted and your voice and what you do needs to be heard and i just had to get you in here we got together by a mutual friend right and our, our first couple of conversations was like yo we need to get together got you we man. just need to get together you know so your 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 spirit and your vibe was something that i i just gravitated towards so it was more and more interesting to say let me hear this guy's story. Um, but I'd rather you tell me that story than me just sit here glaring and saying how great this man is. Let him tell you how great he is. But so you know, when I said author, he has a couple of books out. The one that I really went into, spiritually felt really strong with, was uh, Maybe It's Me Too. And this one really gave me a lot of what you've done and what your experience has. And me being spiritual as opposed to religious, yeah. that really just got me reading it and rereading it. Wow. So I, I started, I got through probably three quarters, then I started back over because I started feeling things in my life that you were talking about. Wow, yeah. So. Except for me just going too far. And then you got your music and you got it all. Yeah. But give me a little of Russell Kirkman. Well, let me, let me say, let me start off with this. Initially, the book and how the book even came to be is as a personal experience of my own. And that was a near-death experience I had at the age of 24. After 24. Graduate, yeah, after mm -hmm. graduating college, uh, I had a near-death experience. And it was... Uh, a traumatic experience but I found myself going through what when I talk about the light experience mm -hmm. well I was in I was in um, I was in the process of being fired from a job let's start <laughs> let's start with that so so where was this at this was in Indianapolis Indiana Indianapolis yeah I was in the process of being fired from a job when I had a double lung collapse mm. both of my lungs had collapsed immediately uh, in the in the process of being fired so I blacked out Mm -hmm. In the in the interview, and in, I mean in the in the uh, my boss's office, right. But then once I actually, I guess they put me into a car. I was on my way to the hospital, and the only thing I remember is I did arrive or wake back up briefly uh, mm -hmm. when I was being pulled out of a car, being placed on a gurney, and being rushed down the halls of Wisher Hospital mm -hmm. in Indianapolis. And um, I do remember a one-way conversation I had with God at the time. I don't think I verbally said this, but mm -hmm. I was thinking at the time, God, please, please don't, this can't be it. Don't I mean, take me right don't now. Don't take me now. I'm right. only 24. Come on, like, really? <laughs> is this, is this going to be it? It's just starting. You know what I'm saying? Right, and I, and right. I, was, I was just, I was devastated. But um, 
And then I blacked out again. And that's when I lost all sense of time and space. Okay. And um, the, the only thing I remember at that moment was I was in this darkened vacuum moving toward this light at the speed of sound. I'm talking about it, it just unbelievable. And I was going through intervals of white, but toward this light. Right. But right. going, but as I'm going through to this light, it was, it seemed to be every bit of, and then I can think about this now, but it seemed to be every bit of 20, 25 minutes of just constant travel. Wow. Going through these intervals of white and every white was brighter than the previous white. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I just slammed into this lightness, this whiteness, but it was like I was enveloped or embraced, mm-hmm. and I just found myself moving, just at just moving, but not really even knowing that I'm moving. But I'm just like it would be kind of like uh, the experience of a baby, you know, in the uh, in, in birth canal, yeah, yeah, coming yeah. through. Right. Well, you know, in, in the point where they're uh, in the amniotic fluid, oh, you know, gotcha. I'm, I'm moving, but I'm just moving like at a, at a speed of, I mean. At, just not hardly moving at all. You don't even know. I wasn't even. I wasn't even aware of. I was moving, but I know that I was just kind of just moving. But here's the thing: as I was, as I was kind of just trailing or moving very slightly, every right. so. I mean, you wouldn't even know that I was moving. But I noticed this: I wasn't afraid. Mm-hmm. I wasn't nervous, and I was alert. Mm. I was alert, and. I just, the only thing that was on my mind was where am I at and what's next. But why not afraid? This was an experience that I I probably can say hardly anyone had ever experienced. So the unknown usually puts people in fear. Why why wouldn't you not? I I, I don't know. I just wasn't afraid. I know I I left somewhere though. Right. I left somewhere, but it wasn't, the the experience wasn't a a fearful experience. It was just, I I was just there. You know, mm-hmm. but I was, I was, I didn't know if this, this is it, if this is, if it's ending here or if it's, if I still have some more, to, some more things to experience. Right. But all I remember is I was cognizant of what was going on and I was, and I don't know how long I was in this whiteness, but I right. was there. You understand? And then it was a sound kind of like, and like I was sucking. Yeah. Sucking. Like, like I was, I, I, I was either, I was brought into something or, you know, I, I, I escaping something or whatever okay. the case okay. was, but. Here's this is the reason why every all my work, my books, and my my music and everything is titled Maybe It's Me. Mm-hmm. The reason being, and people ask me like, why is everything that you title Maybe It's Me? Because I'm still not a hundred percent sure if I crossed over or if I return. Mm. Now, if in fact I crossed over, right, then this place that we refer to as Earth, mm-hmm. this is really heaven. Wow, and that's. And, and 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 to be absolutely honest, I I'm trending or I'm leaning more toward this is really heaven and this is not earth. Man has contaminated the land. Okay. And wow. this this place because this is this is the other thing. This is the thing, Mike. I've talked to other people who've had the same near death experience, right. but they were cognizant that they crossed over. I talked to people that said they crossed over and then and came and back, back, whatever. Right. No one, and every time I talk to a person that's had that experience, people who talk to me, you know, when I've talked about the experience in other places or whatever, mm-hmm. no one has told me anything or described anything that has disqualified Earth from being heaven. Like, for example, mm-hmm. one one kid I talked to, he said he woke up in, um, he, he found himself in um, a, a sunflower 
uh, patch, okay. field of sunflowers, right? Mm-hmm. Which thirty minutes from my house, I can show you one. Of them. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Very uh, earthly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, another lady uh, explained to me she found herself at a brook with her feet in the water, and fish were kind of treading over her feet and whatever. Mm-hmm. And she she had a conversation with with Jesus. She was talking with Jesus now. About 15 minutes from my house, I can take you to a brook where you can put your feet in the water and feet with fish. Will, fish. Yeah, fish will be there. Now, I can't promise Mine Jesus. Mine Jesus, yeah, right? Jesus ain't, might not be there. I can't. can't, right, can't right. You I, can't go with that I part. I can't go with that part, but I can show you everything. So everybody has, everybody that's ever had a crossover, has crossed over and came back, They I, that's the first question I always ask them. Describe to me what, what it was like or describe to me what you saw right. or whatever. Because okay. I didn't have that. All I had it was a light experience. Mm-hmm. Understand? I didn't. Cr- I can't say that I crossed over. But if I crossed over, I'm here. But if I did cross over, then this, to me, would be heaven. Right. Right. And that's the way, that's my mindset. So I don't, I, so I want your, um, I want your, your uh, audience to not think that I'm crazy when I talk about I don't I don't think people think crazy I think people think this is unknown and foreign to them Mm -hmm. and the problem with people always we living in that kind of society now whatever's foreign is wrong exactly whatever is immigrated to us is wrong different it's different is always wrong right but your comfort level has to be of what can you accept? And I'll give you a quick example, but I want you to continue on. For years, we've been saying UFOs don't exist. Right. Um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month, um, we found out that pilots said, yeah, we've been you know, following this for years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been... Right. Yep. Right. They exist. Right. But we've been told it doesn't. Just like we are told that you know, a superior being doesn't exist, or yes, it does exist, but in what form it exists, there's things that exist, but if we keep our mind open, and that's why you always, every time you tell me something, you add on to it, which is like fantastic. But everything that's new, sometimes it, people are fearful of it. That's why I kind of went with, why wasn't you in fear? But heaven, if it's right, it embraces you. Yeah. It, it's natural. There was nothing to be fearful of. Right. I mean, I, you know, it was... I was, it was new, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like I was, um, you know, going through any torment mm-hmm. or anything as a result. It was just, I blocked out and I was, you know, wherever you go, you know, whatever was happening was just happening. Right. You understand? So I wasn't, I wasn't fearful. I was only concerned about what was next. You right. Know, I didn't know, because up to this point, things was okay. I was just moving. Right. You understand? But now you're back on heaven or earth. Yeah. And now, if I return, if this is if this is simply Earth, then all I can say is that wherever I went to, I received information, wisdom, a better understanding, and that's why I'm here to um, to execute on my calling. Right. Because it was a, as a result of that experience is why I do what I do now, and that that's writing the books. Um, that's also with the music. Mm-hmm. My music is is. Uh, uh, basically going toward uh, bringing balance to what I call, what I feel is out of balance. So where's your music released and available with that? It's, a, it's in iTunes. Mm-hmm. You can go to iTunes, Spotify. Um, my, my website right now is in the process of being re 
constructed, mm-hmm. and uh, it should be up in the next week or so. Okay. Back up, and that's maybebeatsme.org. Because as, as I've mentioned, all my work, for the most part, is maybe it's me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, and as I also mentioned, the reason why everything is maybe it's me, because, you know, sometimes I have to excuse myself. <laughs> and I have to excuse it, it might just be it me. It might just be me. Because, I don't know about you. But. Right, right. You know, I, I, I think of this place a little different than what most people think of it. Right. You know, so maybe it is me. Maybe, you know. And it seems like every time I, I, I'm at a point where I, I'm willing to concede that maybe it is me and maybe this is earth right um it's crazy that the creator seems to give me a sign for me to be able to see what heaven would be like if it was here so you're you're a messenger in a sense and as you as being a messenger when you was pulled back Mm -hmm. or giving the task of making heaven right again Mm -hmm. How did you take that once you arrived back in your bodily state to say, this is where I'm going to? Because you just went through a traumatic experience. And, you know, with your past experience of what you were taught, um, how our religion, because you talk about that in the book, it just really excited me. How religion gives you a certain view of, you have to know things my way. With all of that background, how did you move from that to say, my experience makes me to go this direction? Well, when I was in my hospital bed, um, once I figured out where I was, mm-hmm. um, and I told my doctor, the doctor, the gentleman who did the surgery on me, um, the operation, whatever, he came in like two days later, and he, you know, and I kind of told him the same story. I kind of gave it to him, and he was like, uh, Russ. It's ironic that you, you said that because this hospital, Wishart Hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana, is the number one hospital in the world, not just in the States, wow. but in the world for having more near-death experiences than any other facility in the world. So, wow. so yeah, that, that kind of confirmed something for me there. Exactly. I was like, whoa, okay. And then, but then later that evening, after talking with my the doctor, the gentleman who performed the surgery on him, later at about two in the morning, I made a promise to God. I said to God, first I thanked him mm-hmm. probably 50, 60 times for allowing me to come back if I'm if I'm hit back or if I whatever the case, if I crossed over or came back, whatever, I'm here, I can feel myself. I've seen my mother, she was there when I mm-hmm. did come back, finally came back around two days later. Right. It was two and a half day, days later actually that I came to. Okay. Okay. But anyways, um, I made a promise to God that if in fact He allowed me to get back 100%, my whole life, my mission will be to find my calling, mm. and that's what I and, and that's what I'm on right now. That's 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 where I am directed to find my calling, and that's why I do what I do um, in writing the books, um, the music. Uh, the speaking mm-hmm. is it's, it's, it's all a part of the calling. But prior to that calling, you went to Central State. I went to Central State, yeah. Went to Central State, Central State um, University of North Falls, Ohio. And with that, your background is geology. Geology, yeah. I was my my I, w- I was gauging toward um, becoming. Uh, Geo, geo engineer. Okay. When I graduated from school, that was my that was my mission. 
I was I geoengineer. I wanted to be a geoengineer. <laughs> I wanted to work for. I didn't care which one. I wanted to work with one of the big three. Mm-hmm. I didn't care if it was Texaco, Shell, or Exxon. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be in that space. You know? Right. And that's where I was going. I, it, but here's the problem. Here lied the problem. I had um, messed up on the first two interviews. Mm. On my first two geoengineering interviews, I messed up on them. And as a result of messing up on them, you know, I had to kind of step back. Uh, and I came up with this great idea to start interviewing outside my field. Well, I didn't come up with my, 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 my ego came up with this idea. And you, and you talk about that in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he, that, yeah. That, that show the ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he said, well, you, need, you might need to back up <laughs> and, and start interviewing in other fields you know, get your interviewing skills, get your interviewing levels, mm-hmm. you know, skills up to par, and then go back and start. Because it, it was a very small community, the geoengineering community in Indianapolis. Right. And you, I only had one more opportunity to mess up in an interview, and that was going to be done for me. Wow. Because and everyone I, will know who you yeah, are. Yeah, right. The right. community, I was going to precede myself. Right. You know right. So, so I backed up and I came up with this grand idea to start interviewing in other fields of study and then that and that's what I did. I ended up interviewing for a directorship's position for a small private Catholic college. Mm-hmm. And I went into the interview, you know, with this idea that I can say anything I want to say, I can do anything. You know, I, they don't know me. <laughs> because it was practice. Yeah, it was practice for <laughs> right, me, you right, know. Right. But I, I went from one interview to the second interview. They invited me back for a second interview, then they invited me back for a third interview. Mm-hmm. And then they invited me back for a fourth interview. Now, I've kind of, you know, kind of stretched the truth about some of the skill level, you know, just to continue to get yeah. it. Because now I'm feeling more comfortable with, with my interviewing skills. And, right. I, and and so the fourth interview, I wasn't even going to do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even going to do the fourth interview because I now I felt good enough of going back into my field and then start interviewing again in my field. But. Something talked me in saying, yeah, go on and do the fourth interview. Chances are you're not going to get the job. You yeah, good. Yeah, you ain't going to get the job anyway. Because I was interviewing against two other people, and they were, uh, they. Had, it was a, a, a it was um, 13 people who started off. Mm, okay. And now it had been narrowed down to three. It was me and two other individuals. One individual had a doctor's degree. Another individual had a master's degree. And it was just me with a bachelor's science right, in right. a different field. You know, and, totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were so, any of them internal? Were any of the other two candidates no, in terms? No, 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 no. They were, uh, they were just coming off the streets too. But, okay. but they had, but they they had been in this this lane. Okay. So I just knew I wasn't gonna get the job. Right. And so so I went to the fourth interview. Just I mean, you, you can't get any worse. I'm I know I've only I've gotten my confidence back up to where I needed to be. So I, mm-hmm. I decided, yeah, I'll go to the fourth interview. Right. So I went to the fourth interview. Lo and behold, they make an offer to me. Mm. Okay. Now, I could, at that time, I could have done one or two things. I could have not accepted the offer and said, you know, thank you, but no thank you. Uh, I have know, something I else. I have something else, right. whatever. And that's what I probably should have done. <laughs> but, but when you've been broke for all your life and they give you an offer of... And you see that. You see that dollar, those dollars. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I started changing my whole right. thought process. I'm gonna take this money and run, and maybe just do it for a few, maybe a year or so, and then get back on my my program, on my plan, my right. initial plan. Well, I took the money and ran, mm-hmm. got the job. Nine months later, you know, and and things weren't working out. Right. You know, this is where all the stress. You know, I do talk about the first book is maybe it's me a blueprint to reducing stress while achieving peace. You know, like this is where the first book came from. Okay. Because the first, because it was the stress as a result of. Put myself in a situation that I could not actually uh, um, 
I, I basically couldn't do. Right. You know, I was a little out of my, I was really out of my realm of, of, of function, you know. But I was trying to learn it on the pro, in the process, on the job, whatever. Nine months later, that's when I got called in, you know, to my boss's office to be fired. And that's when everything right. happened. So physically, you were going through that and you was going down that path. I was. That was going downward spiral. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Because, I mean, I didn't, I, I mean, I was stressed. I was stressed at the fact that I was get, I was living a lifestyle that was getting ready to end, mm-hmm. you know, and back in, you know, making that kind of the decent money that I was making back in, what was that, not in um, 85, 87, something like that. Right. That, you know, that was some good money. That was good <laughs> money. I was I was living on the strip in Indianapolis. I was living the high life with the new BMWs and stuff. So, like, you know, I I'm, got this. I, I got this. I'm I'm out here. <laughs> Right. And, and uh, so now, now I'm not being able to function at the level I need to be functioning though at the job. Right. And that's stressful. Mm-hmm. Losing the income is going to be stressful. Uh, the fact that I've kind of gotten off task that that was stressful. Career wise. So, career wise. Mm-hmm. So everything just came down, and in the, in in the process of when I was being fired, that's when everything everything just caved in. I guess at that point. Right. And that and everything kind of went after that. So, I found it interesting because even though as you talk through it in the book, it was talking about how the people was, they had faith in you. Mm-hmm. So, you convinced them clearly that you were capable of doing it. Yeah. And they put their faith in you. Right. You know, one of the things you, <laughs> I'll quote it from the book was, you know, they wanted to meet you and everybody was waiting for you and you ate those ribs. <laughs> That, and you fell asleep. That's the stupid man. <laughs> that that was the first day. Right. The right. first day on the job, and you gonna fall asleep <laughs> at your desk after eating a big plate of pig's feet. <laughs> big plate of pig's feet. I just pictured that. I was like, oh my god. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was it was horrible. Right. I I'm I'm literally and they're they're waiting. To meet the new director that just mm-hmm. came on board, the president, the vice president, they're there, the registrar, they're all there, the, the students staff are there, the everyone. staff, everybody's waiting, and I'm in the office sleep. sleep. <laughs> Got the itis on you. <laughs> so, so you know it can't be, it can't go no better than right, you know, right. it can't, it can't get any worse from there. That's the first day on the job. Now, if you can imagine right. the first day right. on the job. You not being where you need to be, you know, for a big function, and the, and the function is set for up you for me, right, right. So, with that being said, um, it just went downhill from there. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and I just found that from that stressful period right there, it just continued on. Continue. And you know, I always think that the, the universe sometimes puts you in a position to say, "You're going to make a choice. You can make the right choice." Or you can make the bad choice. Exactly. If you make the bad one, understand there's things that's going to come with that's that it. choice. That's it. The universe. That the, the universe will. He, he, we have free will. Yep. The Creator gave us free will to make decisions, smart decisions and bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Either one, whichever one you take, there's going to be there's going to be either benefit or a lesson in the end. Yep. And that, these are decisions that we make every day. Now, same thing if you go up the street here. And 
as a matter of fact, when I was on my way here, I had a decision to make a U-turn. They said, don't make a U-turn, but there was nobody around. There was nobody around. Right. And, and I was going to do it, but then that other voice said, no, man. Just no, you know that's wrong. Yeah, make a left and turn on back. But you, you understand? Right. So th- that, I was sitting in the same predicament, you know, when they made me the offer. Right. It would have, everything would have been, it might not, I don't know. I, I could have gone through another, I, I could have gone had a, a double lung collapse somewhere else in some of the situation. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. But I do know that making the decision to get off task, but other but but in addition to that, doing something that I really wasn't capable of doing, but being but saying that I was right. and, and being able to persuade them that I could do the job, um, there's consequences of that. Yes, absolutely. And the stress was was the consequence. I mean I I'm talking about the stress of every day coming in the job. I mean, the first couple of weeks, you know, is a relaxed period because they you, they know you're, you're just He's on the lying. job, just He's learning, just whatever. Yeah. But that only lasts for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Now, you know, they're paying me decent money. Now they want to see some performance. Mm-hmm. And when you're not performing at the level that you need to be performing over two, three months now, they're like, you know, there's darkness. Right, questioning. Question, yeah, question if they made the right move of bringing them on board, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn on the job, which mm-hmm. is, is something I don't, you know, I don't suggest people do. Especially <laughs> if you know nothing about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't do that. That's not good. Right? That's not good. So uh, that, with that being said, um, you know, it's nine months later, you know, it, they they got to I. I'd gotten to a point where I was willing to almost quit too because I wasn't really I knew I wasn't fulfilling the responsibilities I needed to be able to fulfill too but that's stress in itself that's stress in itself that's the additional stress of do I quit or maybe next week I'll get it right or maybe next week I'll do something good and I can wait for the next week and it's just stress Right well, when you get them checks every two yep. weeks, dude, you, you push it off for another two weeks. Exactly. I earned that one. Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. But I earned it. Yeah. 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 So so that that made me stay on. And I and, and, and I was trying to get better. And I was getting better, mm-hmm. but not at the rate. You know, they were really in a bad situation in that position. That's why they hired somebody. They needed somebody to be able to hit the ground running. I wasn't able to hit the ground running. Right. You know, so that made it. That, and then, then when you got your boss kind of. Looking in your window, see you know where you at, and with everything, you know yeah. all those things, you create more you know anxiety and more stress and what have you. But as you as you mentioned, you know the decisions that we make, the mm-hmm. universe is going. That's that that's the beauty of the universe. We're, mm-hmm. we're we're being taught every day, and it'll course correct. Yes, whether you think so or not, exactly. the universe will course correct it because works. it gave you the option. Mm-hmm. But you took the other one and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. but we're going to make that correction soon. Yeah. Maybe physically, right. maybe financially. It may be in any given form, but it's going to correct. It's going to correct itself. It's going to correct itself. So you're laying in the hospital. Um, you got your somewhat of a calling of what you needed to do. What was your next step then? Well, once I, once I uh, was able to get myself back together, mm-hmm. then... Um, I actually uh, packed up and left him in the whole the, the city of Indianapolis and, and went south. Gotcha. Went down to Texas or whatever. But, um, but the calling was I need to I need to start seeking the calling. 
Okay. Because, you know, I didn't know, you know, what to do, basically. I, it's not like I had this brain. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like somebody came and said, this is what you need to do. I just need, I just knew that my purpose here had to be more important than earning a check, more important than living a certain lifestyle, right. more important than, um, you know, being what society deems, you know, is successful or whatever. There's a greater purpose here. Right. And that's what my, that's what my focus was. What's my purpose? What's my reason for being here? And that's what I to this day, I still, you know, I still ask the universe, ask the creator, why am I here? What's my purpose? Right. And and um, and you get and, and as I mentioned in one of my songs in the call, you know, if you seek it, it'll find you. You know, and that's why, and and that, and that's the beauty of the universe because each and every one of us are here for a purpose and a reason in anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, which is much greater than whatever jobs that we have or whatever. Our purpose for being here is to we owe a, a obligation and responsibility to God, the universe, and humanity at large. That's more important than everything else. Yep. And that's and so that's where my mind was set, and that's why it started coming to me. You know. This is, you know, this is what you need to be doing. This is, this is where I want you to be at. This is what I want you to do. So one of those things I think we discussed before was some people see like the Wayne Dyers, the, um, the, the great Les Browns. They have a following. They have people. But why would I listen to Russ? You know, he's not a professor of this. He's not a a spiritual leader of a church. He's it's none of that. You knew what you had to do. So when you going out doing and speaking to people and, and, and producing books and producing music, did you get that type of criticism of, oh, who are you mm-hmm. in that way? Yeah, well, people, yeah, they, they, they would, they feel more comfortable if you do have a doctor titles, title, mm-hmm. you know, besides your name or whatever. But my lesson, you know, was the experience, the life lesson, man, that, those, that, that give you, that'll give you more than more education and understanding and wisdom than any book or any, any class you can sit in. Trumps everything. Right. Yeah. It yeah. does. So, um, I really speak from from the experience okay. and the things that I've acquired as a result of the experience. So yeah, I don't go in professing to be you know um, a less brown or whatever. Because to be absolutely honest with you, I really don't refer to myself as a motivational speaker mm-hmm. because motivational speakers and I, I feel motivational speakers are, are their their job is to motivate you to to get you geeked up and whatever. Mm-hmm. In, in speaking with me, that might not happen because mm-hmm. because matter of fact, you might not feel as good about yourself when you leave <laughs> from so my you, program. So you might not be motivated. <laughs> yeah, you might, you might not be motivated. What what I'm gonna insist that you do is start doing some rediscovery, right? And 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 some and start reinventing yourself and look inside yourself. Understand? Mm-hmm. And that's not always. Um, something that that people look forward to doing you know because it it says a lot then you have to start questioning the information that you've acquired you know in your life and some of the people that you've allowed to be in your you start questioning a lot of that right so i don't normally do this but i'm going to disagree with you Mm -hmm. that's fine you are a motivational speaker yeah whether you think so or not yeah because you don't have to motivate a hundred percent 
to be a motivational speaker. Okay. You can that. motivate 10 out of the 100. Mm-hmm. You have just motivated 10 people to put 10 more to take 10 more. Every motivational speaker don't motivate everybody. Wow. And I think what you do and your experience in life is a lot more potent to people because you live through something mm-hmm. where some motivational speakers say, I know someone who did this, so let me tell you about their life. Right. And you can do better. Okay. You've lived it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I've done. This is what I'm doing. And if you start taking that stress away, it opens up so much for you to be able to gain happiness and see things that we're all the same. And you said in the book, too, that, you know, we all want the same thing, whether we different colors, different races, different religion. We want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to have a good life and to have nice things. Exactly. I think we all want that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. If I have $20 and live off $20, guess what? If you give me $20 more, I'm living better. Mm-hmm. And that's something more. So I, I think when you start talking about that, and, and I always reference your book, because as we talk, I see it coming out in the book. And as I read, that's why I kept rereading the book. Right. And I was like, that's what Russell was telling me about. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I really wanted you to talk about that that three prong stress. Well, I don't think it was three. It was a little more than that. Uh, the the big stressors uh, in life, like the money, the religion, um, the thing called oh, sexual and the oh yeah, it's the it's the emotional stresses that we deal with, mm-hmm. the financial stresses that we. Deal. Sexual, you know, yep. sexual stresses that we deal with, and uh, the psychological. Mm-hmm. So, but these, those are the, those are the the areas that um, that we have to basically think about. Mm-hmm. All, uh, you know, on, on, in all cases, uh, for example, the, the the financial stress. That's in the spiritual. That's what that's, that was the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the spiritual, the emotional, the financial, the sexual uh, stresses, mm-hmm. and, and the psychological. But the the with my particular situation, it was the financial mm-hmm. and the spiritual that I had to be great, have the greatest attention to. Okay. Okay. Um, some people, it's emotional. It might be their emotional status or where, where they are emotionally in their life, and 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 you should only really look at. Or, or dis- do the discovery or reinvent yourself in one or two areas. I mean, if it's if you're if you got all five, if you got all five, you got major problems. You you need to be somewhere in a hospital somewhere. But most of us are are, are pretty decent in in two or three, mm-hmm. but they lack in in one or two. And right. for me, it was the spiritual and the financial. It was more important for me to deal with the spiritual, my the spiritual realm first in my life, mm-hmm. because I was battling between you know religion and spirituality. Gotcha. You know, I was a part of congregation, a few congregations here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, for example, um, and uh, I just found myself questioning too much. Like, and if you got to question too much about your religion, is something might you gotta not pull be back. right. Yeah, you got to pull back. Right. And I had to I had to accept the fact that maybe the information that I've been receiving, this religious information I've been receiving, maybe I need to re, re, rediscover this. Maybe I need to look deeper into this. 
And um, in doing so, I it, it, it just wasn't working out for me. Right. Because I'm questioning it too much. If you question, if you question everything, and and things were contra were contradicting themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the Bible, for example, it was you know there, there's passages that agree with um, you know slavery, mm -hmm. and then there's things that's contradicting, saying that slavery was wrong. Well, mm -hmm. that's, which one? Which one is right? You right. know, you know, what I'm saying. And then that just let me that led me to un also understand that. This book has been written by different people because if the same person were to have written a book, mm -hmm. then they would have a very continuous uh, uh, um, thoughts. thoughts. Yep. Yeah, the the, the 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 thought process would be continual, and they would end the book with where where they were coming from. Mm -hmm. But when you have different people writing different parts of the book, well, then you're gonna have contradictions and revisions and revisions. Yeah. So, so it was important for me to start looking more into the spiritual, more important than even the financial for me. Once I, and that took, that took a number of years. Okay. It wasn't that, it's not something that something I just overnight. did overnight. Right. No, it took a number of years for me to come to the conclusion that I'm no longer going to follow this. Right. I'm going to take a, a different path. Um, now, I also went into the path of Islam. Right, but even with Islam, I'm not totally. Um, I, I can't be. My, my my friends call me a two percenter. <laughs> a two percenter. Yeah, I'm not a, a five percenter. Yeah, yeah, I'm a two percenter. <laughs> two percenter. I I you know I love a lot of of the Quran and what the Quran stands for in in the in the in the, in, in, in Islam and what what Muslims do and what have you, I I love a lot of that and then I and I practice I practice a lot of it. but there's some areas that I don't agree with right and I don't practice mm -hmm. and I'm fine with that mm -hmm. but I'm more spiritual than anything else right but that get but Islam kind of led me in a direction and then I was able to break away and go into what I feel is right spiritual for me. Okay. Right. So when you're speaking, um, and tell me about the, the venues and those that are there, um, what do they get and how do you place yourself in those areas to say, this is where I can speak and this is the feedback that I was getting. Well, um, I love the feedback that I get, um, and as far as the, what I talk about mainly mm -hmm. is pretty much the Creator, God, the universe, and who we are and what we are. Gotcha. See, I think when you that became the first thing that I started focusing on on really and truly, who am I? Right. And, and, and what I've come to understand as a result of my own personal experience is that we are a direct descendant of God, first and foremost. We are God's child. Right. Okay. As a result of who we are, being that we are God's child, we are one with, as a result of that, we are one with God. Mm -hmm. Okay. We are one with God. You cannot separate the two because you can't separate the created from this creator. Right. You can't do it. You can't do it anatomically. You can't do it biologically, chemically, diametrically, molecularly. You can't do it. You can't separate the two. Right. Um, you can no more separate the created 
from its creator, then you can separate the the the, the, the canvas of a Van Gogh or Picasso from the mind of Van Gogh or Picasso. Yep. Understand? So when you understand that, you understand that you are not the God, but you are a God. Mm -hmm. You're a God or you're a goddess. We were handpicked by the creator to have this human experience on this earth. We came here with a purpose and a reason for being here. It's your job. It's your responsibility to figure that out. It's more important than you getting a job as an insurance man or whatever. It's, 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 we have a bigger reason for being here than just getting a job and having a nice house and having a nice car and, and fulfilling our, our lives with material things. Whatever. It, it's, it's bigger than that. It's grander than that. But we get so caught up into uh, materialism. Uh, the materialism of life. That we're not thinking about really and truly why are you here? There's there's thousands of individuals or millions of individuals that's that's waiting for you, and and what for you to execute on your calling right. to assist them. Just like when I first met you, and 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 we were talking about you know the whole podcast thing. Right. I, and 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 you were telling me what you were doing. I said. Where have you been for five years? <laughs> I've been looking. I've been waiting I've for been you. I've been waiting for you. Been, but it wasn't time. It wasn't time. You're exactly right. Five time. years. If you would approach me five years ago about about this and even having the, uh, about having a podcast, mm -hmm. even though I was I was thinking like that, I wasn't ready. Then. Yeah. Or five years ago, I said, "Eh, I don't think that's worth my time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking to make money over here." Mm -hmm. But the podcast is showing people's voice. Exactly. There's voices that aren't heard enough. I'm not saying they're not being heard, but mm -hmm. there's some that's not enough. So I, part of my calling is, you know, you talk a lot, Michael, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of other people that you need to be listening to. So give them an opportunity to talk. Shut up sometime. Let them talk. Well, that, that's that's the beauty of you executing on your calling. Absolutely. You know, because now millions of individuals are going to be listening to things that you set up just as a result of you executing what you came here to do. And I'm sure you got more more things to do. Oh, yeah. But this was a big one. So there's portions. I mean, when you said it earlier, I wanted to mention that some people think their calling is the one thing. It's not. Nah, man, there's so it's, many. It's, it's part of the calling. Exactly. You just executed one part of it. Exactly. And and that's why I love your the way you're doing it. Hey, part of my calling was the book. Part of my calling was my music. Right. Part of my calling is the speaking. Part of my calling, what else? Yeah. Something's telling me to do something else. Exactly. So I gotta keep but when it's pulling you, you have to go to it. You, you gotta but first you have to even you have to seek it. True. Some, true. Now, some people are blessed and they find themselves falling into whatever they came into and they do it and they do it extremely well. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's rare, though. Right. Most people have to seek and ask the universe, ask the creator, why am I here and what's my purpose? What should I be doing? Or oh, is this the one that I'm supposed to do? Or is this the one that I'm yeah. supposed to do? Some people are doing what they should be doing, but they don't even know why they're doing it. <laughs> you know? I mean, it, I feel it, that it, way sometimes. Yeah, it's it's amazing, but but that that's the truth. So, so getting back to your question is, once I once I um, you know, got a true understanding as to who I was, and then I had to figure out what I am. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that's the, the two are different. You know, who you are, 
and, and I mean, they're, they're not different. They're one and the same in a sense. But once I had a true understanding as to who I am, okay, I'm here. I'm the creator's son. Mm -hmm. I'm here for a purpose. It's time for me to execute. And whatever, you know, and whatever it is, Father, I, you know, you, you allow me to get a second chance at doing, I'm here to do. Okay. Then once you figure out who you are, then what you are and, and, and what you are is you're the chosen one. Mm -hmm. Because if you, as I mentioned in the book, there, the odds of you being here are extremely, extremely slim. The odds are 300, 400 million to one that you would be the cell yep. that would actually be picked out, hand hand picked to be here. Mm -hmm. Understand? That's not nothing that we should just take for granted. Take for granted. You Absolutely. know the odds, because there's not, there wasn't another cell that was exactly like you. Yep. Not another one. Yep. So the fact that you were the one that showed up or, or were able to execute on finding your, find yourself the set as a cell to that to the cell wall mm -hmm. to the egg to the to the wall of that egg and be able to fertilize that egg was not an easy feat. Yeah. There was a it was a whole nother process to get it was a three to four day process before you even got there. You know what I'm saying? And right, right. It was it was you and about three million, four million other ones trying to get the same You made it though. And you made it. Right. So now that you now that you made it and you went through the process and now you're here. Mm -hmm. It's the purpose, the reason for you being here. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah. So that's and that, that and that's what you are. And we we are, as I said, an extension of the Creator. But as a result of you understanding that you were handpicked to be here, as you were the chosen one. Mm -hmm. Now there's something that you're supposed to do. Now, as I mentioned, we're not the God, right? Because we can't create nothing. Mm -hmm. We can't create nothing, uh, something out of nothing. We don't create life. Understand? Only God can create life. Right. But we do possess, as a result of who, us being who we are, call it nepotism or whatever you want. Right. We do, as a result of that, have the ability to reproduce life. Reproduce. We can sustain life. We mm -hmm. can maintain life. Okay. So we ain't the God, but we're an extension of God. Of God. Okay. We, unlike God, <laughs> who can create something out of nothing, we don't. We don't possess that that ability. But we can apply law against law to work to our advantage we can apply the law of vibrations the law of polarity and we it cause and it causes the law of attraction meaning that we can speak something into the universe and we can will it to ourselves mm -hmm. if we're willing to go through the process if you're willing to make the sacrifice necessary sacrifices if you're willing to go through the have the focus the determination the dedication and the to, faith. To, to, and the faith to make it happen it it transpires and we do it every day and this is the thing we do this on a regular basis throughout our lives and we don't even know what we're doing yeah. now what if we knew what we what if you knew that you could say um i want to be i want to live there mm -hmm. now whatever it takes or requires are you willing to put in the time i mean you could live you could live in a, in a, in, a, in a you know a chateau you know, Chateau Olay or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. know, a mansion up on the hill or whatever. But it's gonna take some, you know, it's it's that gonna take discipline, that discipline, the time. Yep. It's gonna take all that. Yep. All the focus, uh, uh the dedication, dedication, the sacrifices. Yep. Yep. You might and might and that means that you might have to uh work two jobs or three jobs, mm -hmm. you know, and still do a business on the side to get to where you wanna go, but Whatever it is you really want to do, you can. My point is that you can do it. You can make it come to fruition. So we, we possess the ability to manipulate law against law to work to our advantage, and and that's a 
pretty easy thing to do. Mm. You know, it's just, are you willing to do it? You know, so, so once you understand who you are, mm-hmm. and then you understand what you are, that that's the key. That's the key because you then you then you're totally connected to the universe, right? And whatever the creator you know needs for you to do or seeks or you seek to do or you seek to achieve, as long as you are not hurting anybody else, it's there. It's yeah. there. Yeah. So I enjoy the fact that when you when you speak to these things, you're always saying you're capable of doing this, mm-hmm. not. You need to work to do this. No, no, no. You're already capable. Right. You have to just make it part of your, just your everyday life to say, I will make this and this is part of my calling. These are the things I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to do. Because you can. Exactly. There's not much in this world you can't do. Exactly. Yeah, there's, there's minutiae of, yeah, I want to be the president of the United States. Yeah, okay, so what are you doing about it? Right. Exactly. If you're not putting everything and all effort and 150% to get there, of course you're not going to do it. Right. Well, it's only these people. No, see, you're already defeated. Right, exactly. And that's just an extreme version, but there's so many smaller things that you put in what you speak, what you write, and even in your music. And, and, and that's why I enjoy sometimes just listening to the message, not just the music, right. but the message and just tune out the music and say, that's deep. Yeah. I, I love that. I that's that's that. deep. But you have a, a mixture too that I, I don't want people to miss is you have a combination of what I love is the jazz and the, and the hip hop. You know, me growing yeah. up in New York where it started, but my mother putting me down the track of jazz, mm-hmm. that was my mixture. And, and you fell into it in a, in a way of saying, eh, that hip hop ain't gonna last. And, mm-hmm. you know, but you learned to embrace that as well. I had to, man, because I was really a hip. I was really, no, I'm sorry, I'm really a jazz head. Right. I really, I didn't really get into to hip hop to be absolutely honest with you until Big, uh, uh, Biggie Smalls mm-hmm. and Craig Mack. Right. When they came on the scene, the bad boys. Yeah, yeah. When they came on the scene, that's what. And I, now I'm, I'm like twenty. Age, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, 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 I'm 27, probably 28 when they came on the scene. Right. Okay. So I missed at least 10 years of some really good hip hop, like Rakim and all, and oh, those yeah. cats. I, I missed a lot. I mean, it's not like I wasn't dancing to music and I wasn't listening to music, but I really wasn't listening to what they were saying. I was just it was jamming. just the music. Yeah, it was just the music. Right. When Craig Mack and and Biggie came on the scene. Matter of fact, I was on, I was bees on Peachtree when Craig when mm. Craig Mack came on uh, Atlanta. Flavor in your ears. Yeah, flavor in your ears. <laughs> we were dan- I was on the floor dancing, and all of a sudden that boom, boom came, and everybody on the floor at the time kind of froze and just was like, "Whoa, what is this?" Yeah, like yeah. to a whole nother. It was just amazing, man, and it seemed like everything went into slow motion. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was just digging. I dug that song so much. And then that's when I really gave hip hop a listen to. Right. And, and then I, I I started listening to Biggie mm-hmm. because Biggie really came on the tail it right right after right. Craig Mack. Yep. And and I really fell in love with Biggie and I started giving hip hop um more of my time and more of my and I started kinda of laying back 
on maybe the jazz as much and started listening to what these young cats is talking about right. and uh, fell in love with hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, so now it, it to so to fuse the two, it was kind of a natural thing for me too. Absolutely, because I've, I've I've always been into the jazz thing, and now I'm into this new hip hop thing. And put them together, and put I start putting them together when I started writing. But I didn't only. I mean, it was years later before I started even getting into the music. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, only reason why I even got into the music thing, even though I love music, mm-hmm. I uh, was I had I had writer's block. One Friday evening, I put—I was a single father, so I had my daughter, and and I put my daughter to bed, and I came back down to my office, and was getting ready. To, this is when I was writing the first book, mm-hmm. starting to write, and all of a sudden, I just got writer's block. I couldn't put anything together, and and it, it's frustrating to me, because sometimes when you get writer's block, you might have to go two or three days, you know, before you can start getting back into. It. So I closed everything up, went back upstairs, start start watching television, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I started surfing through the channels and I ran across Erica Badu and Jill Scott in concert. Woo! Man, Woo! it was the most, it was, <laughs> it was transforming for me because what I was witnessing was these two sisters were having an absolute ball doing what they love to do. The and way they wanted to do it. The way they wanted to do it and were sending out serious messages yep. in the music and getting paid handsomely for it. You know what I'm saying? And I was sitting there, and after it was over, I said, man, I want to do that. Wow, okay. But And in and, and, and doing that, that's when, and when I went back downstairs, I wrote my first little song. Now, it's nothing that I'd ever put on an album, because... <laughs> It was nothing nothing you'd want to remember. Right. But um when you understand, you know, uh law of vibration times the law of polarity equals the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. You know, v times P equals A. And I, when I do my own show, I will be getting into that deeper mm-hmm. and understanding how to how to apply that law. I said I, I wanna do that. Right. And that was the beginning, that was the catalyst to start doing it and then to find myself performing now and creating and in the studio doing it when you know uh, uh, some people think that I've been doing it a long time I haven't right. I just started a few years back you know um, but when you can when you can manipulate the law like that to work to your advantage you can say whatever it is you want to do it you can and once you start envisioning it you can see yourself doing it it's done it's yep. already done yep. it's just a matter of you meeting you know the experience mm-hmm. and that's where you know so that's what so what i enjoy and this is another reason why I, I definitely wanted to have this talk with you is you've taken these laws and made it work for you mm-hmm. the way most people think it's not a law i just gotta learn it and be better no it's Everything is out for you. Everything that can be done, you can reach out and grab it and make it happen. You know why you that just, is? Why is that? Because I, Albert Einstein, he, he laid it out for us. Mm-hmm. It's E equals MC squared. That's the equation of energy. We call the law of relativity. Yeah. E equals MC squared. Energy equals mass times the speed of light. That means, in essence, in layman terms, mm-hmm. all that equation means is everything is energy and energy is everything. Yep. Everything. There's nothing at total rest. Like this microphone is. It, it looks like it's a solid. It's not a it's solid. Not, it's it's energy. Totally energy. Yep. It's energy. Mm-hmm. And and um, 
as a result of that. So anything that you say that you want to do or you want to be or you envision or you've written down or whatever, you know, blueprint that a building that you want to build, it's energy. Mm -hmm. It's out there. Yep. Understand? Yep. You just have to bring the pointer and, and the two of you have got to align. And connect that. And connect it. Yep. Bring it down. Yep. And so when you understand that, when you understand that, that basic equation, that's the essence of everything that exists in this life. Everything is energy and energy is everything. And you do that. You've done it with books and music and, and you know, science and all of that. And it made people look on the outside and say, this dude is doing all of this. Mm -hmm. He is so... I know how to tap into the universe. Tap I know how God has placed things and said, "Reach up, Russell, and get it." This, this, if you want it, it's right here. It's right there. You know how to do it, mm -hmm. and you've done that successfully. Right. And um, your next endeavor that we're doing together, so you know, uh, is Russell's podcast. You know, yes, maybe it's me too. Podcasts, because you know mm -hmm. we're going to keep that. Yeah. And and and. This is the one excitement that we're partnering with to be able to introduce him now, but hearing him on a regular basis because we can go on for hours talking. Oh, man. We and you, you, you excite me each time you give me something new to be thinking about. But so when we create this podcast and you, you put that word out, it's amazing because people need to hear it in different perspectives. Yes. People hear, oh, you can do it. Just work hard. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just working hard and beating my head up against the wall. Right. You define it in so many different ways that people say, I may not be able to do it this way, but if I get my direction and understand what the law does for me, right. I can do this. Right. And, and, and just know that it, if, you, if you start it, if the, the moment you say, I want to do that, mm -hmm. the, it's a catalytic reaction has happened in the universe. It's already started now. The level of vibration is going to determine the movement. Okay. How how serious are you about doing that? Because if you like, I, I know people who say I want to be an actor, but never take an acting class. Nothing. Sitting on the couch watching watching actors and when and you know admiring Denzel or whatever, but not studying acting, not trying to get on a performance in acting. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah. So. Yeah. Depending upon the, the level of vibration is going to depend on the movement. That's why you, with the law of attraction, it's vibration times polarity equals attraction. Mm -hmm. See, the, the law of vibrations is everything vibrates, everything rotates, everything mm -hmm. gyrates. Nothing is at total rest. Nothing is mm -hmm. at total rest. It's only the variation of the vibration that's going to differentiate uh, spirit from matter. The variation of the vibration. Okay. The law of polarity says everything is one and of itself. Everything has a direct opposite. Everything has a pair. Everything has an extreme opposite. Mm -hmm. it's, on, it's on. Hot is the cold. Is cold is the hot. Black is the white. Is white is the black. Fear is the courage. Is courage is the fear. Love is the hate. Is hate is the love. Understand? Mm -hmm. There's just two extremes. Now, the level of the and in, in, in law of polarity also mentions it's the varying degree that will differentiate one extreme from its polar opposite. Gotcha. Okay. So on the hot and cold, you yeah, can be hot. extremely hot, but you you don't have that balance there. Exactly. Right. If you and you can go from you can go the the level of vibration. If you have an ice cube and you put an ice cube on the counter, okay, and the heat gets to the ice, it's going to start causing a reaction. Mm -hmm. Understand? And as it as it gets warmer and warmer, it's it's going from cold 
to lukewarm to warm to now it's a liquid mm-hmm. and it stays long enough becomes a gas it's just ether and it go you understand <laughs> right, the, right the level of the vibration that's why it's v times p the level of vibration is going to determine if it's going to move you sit there and you want to be an actor but all you do is look at tv all day and eat bomb bombs and say you're going to be a, <laughs> want to be an active chances are you're going to be there when you're 60 years old and right. never be on the screen yeah. and that, you understand? oh i could have been an actor yeah, and that's where all that comes from. Yeah, right, I, right. I thought about doing that, mm-hmm. and I was going to do that, but I'm better than him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so the level of vibration that is going to determine if there's going to be movement or not. Right. And, and if you don't, you say you want to do something, but you don't make the if you don't if you don't make the actions to make it happen, it's not going to happen. And then you also have to take into consideration of where you're at to to the distance to wherever it, that is that you desire. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you an example. I, I've always loved the game of basketball. Right. Okay. And and I, I loved the game. I played it pretty well. Okay. But I didn't love it as much as Muggsy Bogues loved it. Mm. Because we are about the same age. Right. And Muggsy Bogues, while I'm in Lyme, Ohio, um, probably on Friday night in a community dance Messing with the girls and pulling the tube top down or whatever. <laughs> Muggsy Bowes was somewhere in Baltimore on a court at 12, 12 or 1 o'clock at night playing. Yep. Understand? So that's Perfecting the Perfecting his craft. Perfecting the craft. Right. So he obviously loved basketball more than I do, even though I said I loved it and I, and I watched the game and whatever. Yep. I, yeah. I didn't you don't really love it like yeah, that. I didn't love it like that. <laughs> right. And Muggsy Bogues had, a, had a, a, a probably. A tougher time to make it into the league than I probably would have even had if I'd had that same desire. Because mm-hmm. Bugsy Bogues is five foot four. Yep. He has no business being on what, at all. At all. Yep. Playing yep. NBA basketball. But he but played he, it well. But he played it well. Yep. And he loved the game that much. He loved it a hundred times more than I did. At least four or five times more than I did. Even though I'm tall, I'm four, I'm five feet taller than him. I'm what four, four inches, mm-hmm. four to five inches taller than Bugsy Bogues. So. If if I I mean I should have been more of a candidate mm-hmm. to playing in the NBA than Muggsy. But your desire, but my desire as opposed to his, wasn't even there. So you know you can see you can you know he he saw himself as playing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Obviously he did. Yeah. Because he had everything against him that he, you know that people would qualify and say well we we understand why you didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. You're five foot four. Oh. We, we, we don't even want to give you that opportunity. Exactly. You know, and just go from there. Right. So. Right. So, so that, so my point is, you know, if you're going to create movement, you, you, I mean, if you're going to bring that, will that to yourself, you have to create movement. And that's going to be determined upon the level of uh, desire you have, drive, determination, focus, and, and all that other stuff. So that desire is something people are lacking. Yeah. And I think your conversations your book everything that you do says here's the things that you need to be doing you may not accept it but understand remember what you were saying about motivation i may not motivate the people who still thinks i can sit on the couch and eat bonbons Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i'm going to motivate that other person who says maybe i do need to take those acting class Mm -hmm. you know my mama said i'm a great or or singer my mama said i'm a great singer right but who else knows that I can sing that well? I got to get out there and see and get better and so forth. Make it happen. You're not going to hit everybody. But if the people have the true desire, they'll hear you. Right. 
which motivates people to do better. Well, and, and I appreciate where you're coming from on that, and and I can agree with I can agree with that it, it, pretty pretty much in a sense because you're right. I mean, what might not motivate one, it motivates another. You know, Absolutely. Um, and and I and I hope that I can motivate people because I because we have we we have such capabilities. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable if we only knew what we were capable of. You know, uh, being a direct descendant of the Creator yeah. and having His qualities and characteristics as a result of who we are, what we are, mm -hmm. understand? Then we should be utilizing that on a daily basis. We, I mean, it's more laws, the law of reciprocity. Whatever you put in your mind that you say that you want your life to be like, as long as you be it, it's going to come. <laughs> For example, you can't talk about, um, you know, you want to live in a peaceful world and whatever, but then you're a hellraiser. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're about peace, then the people that's going to end up being that you're going to gravitate to are going to be in your realm and your world, your universe, because in, in, in the world of physics and the universe, there's a realm. All of us have a realm around us. That's the energy that 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 is there in place. Right. Now, the people that you invite in your realm, in your world, you know, that's they're going to be determining factor too. if you know how much peace you have. And if you you say you want to be about peace, you want to have a peaceful world and live in a peaceful world. But then you have hell raiders. You know that you allow to be in your world. You ain't gonna have that. You know, peace doesn't exist in that no, type of realm. Right, right. So you know, I mean, you have to. If you gonna be, if you want peace, you gotta be about peace. You have Absolutely. to be that before you can, you know, to have it. Yeah. You know. So the, the, I, I want to be able to make the connection to my audience and your audience too. Their connection to, to their existence here and the universe because the two are one and the same. There's nothing in the universe that doesn't comprise of us. Like all the minerals and all the minerals in the earth and all the minerals in the universe, you know, we we comprise of. You know, and and there's a connection. And we we've been and this is the other problem I had with religions because religion, there seems to be their intent to distract us or or. or distract us from or, or just get away mm -hmm. from our connection to science, math, physics, and the universe, or, the, or you know, it, it's one way in this, this way, you know, and they, it's, it's like, it's been intentionally done to, um, for us to avoid our connection to the universe, mm -hmm. and that's one of the worst things that, that we could allow happen, because most of the answers come from the universe. Right. But we are of the universe. We are of the universe. And, and I think one of the worst things that usually happens with us is we're waiting for someone to tell us what should be done and what's right and what's wrong when we know intuitively what's right. And when you learn the science and know that energy doesn't die, it just changes forms. So we may be of something that we were something before. And when we leave this, we may become something different than what we are right now. Right. Energy doesn't die. It, doesn't. it just changes form. And I think part of what people don't get with science is it's against that religious thought pattern. It and it's like, that doesn't fit into when I open the Bible up, none of that is in here. So it, it can't be true, mm -hmm. you know? They don't live on the logic. They live live on the faith. And you should always have faith. Exactly. But there's a sense of what should be and what is that we're not being taught in the right way. Because you open your mind by saying, I'm sitting in these churches 
something just doesn't feel right. I got to question that. And when the answer isn't there, you're moving on to the next question. Right. You're in an uncomfortable, stressful environment of saying, I want to believe that God, then you're not giving me anything. Mm-hmm. It becomes stressful then. Right. And something wrong with me, back to, is it me? Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me, you yeah, know. Exactly. So I find that really interesting when people start talking about uh, you need to be here or you need to be um, worshiping in this way or worshiping in this way. That's done intentionally. Okay. It's, it's done because there there are there's a lot of money invested in religion. Yes. You know, and... and um, you, you, you know, some things I really don't like to say, but I'm, I'm with you, so I'm. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, it's just me and you. It's Come me, on yeah, now, yeah, just me I'm, and you. I'm gonna be real with you. you know. There, you know, there's there was nothing seemed to be right with the religions, and and particularly in Christianity, that's the way it was coming across to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the time when I started thinking about it, from from the moment and the time back. Uh, before Christ, understand um, the the Romans that went into the pyramids and took the information off the pyramid walls and took the swords and start scratching it out. They they took there was nothing right about that. Right, right. There was nothing right about the individuals that took that information information and the people that they handed it over to. The people that they handed it over to rewrote the information. There was nothing right about that. Right. There was nothing right about the people who introduced the information to us. They were introducing the information to us, but they weren't right. Right. They're doing everything contrary of what they're what they should be. What they should be doing. What right. they but they're introduced so they wasn't right. Mm-hmm. The people who are the narrating and, and continuing to, to push the narrative, mm-hmm. they ain't right. Right. Most of them. Some of them are because they don't know no better. Yeah. Good intentions. Have good intentions, but but they ain't right. Most yeah. of them ain't right. They live in the lifestyle that if you continue to push the narrative for the government or for society, mm-hmm. we will set you up very nicely. Mm-hmm. We will make sure that you don't have to pay taxes as long as you set your your program up the through, way we see. Through fit. yeah, what we see fit. You set your you you set your your, your program up. Uh, with the tax with, through the tax program that we've already the system that we've already said we will make sure you'll never have to pay taxes you can live through your your church or whatever and you'll mm-hmm. never have to pay taxes and you'll live a good life yeah. in addition to that if you can, depending upon how many people you can convince on this narrative that, that um, on this thing that we're pushing out here we will make sure that you get 10% of their income mm. and that's a good life to live mm. if you Wow! The people, the, any, everybody that you convince that this is right, yep. we gonna give, we gonna make it available that you get. We're 10%. gonna allow that. Yeah, we're gonna allow that. And here's that book that tells exactly. you that they have to. Exactly. This is how you do it. This is the blueprint. Yep. Understand? And and as long as you can keep the people, because as long as you can keep the people distracted and confused from who they really are and what they really are, then. As long as you do that, we'll make sure you live a good life. Matter of fact, you can live in heaven. You can live like you in heaven. You can have the biggest houses. You can have the most cars. You can have jets flying you around. Right. As long as you push this narrative. And we want to continue that. And we want to continue that. So always look at it as organizational. Yes. Not 
um, really cultural or spiritual. I always see religion as organizational. If you're part of this organization, mm -hmm. then push this narrative. Push this narrative. When Christianity and Catholicism, and even um, portions of Islam, if you're mm -hmm. a Sunni, you mm -hmm. got to be part of this organization. Exactly. So when you keep things in an organizational function, it goes away from the spirituality. It does. It's, it's It totally takes it because you have to be part of my, I'm going to make it a little sis simple. If you're not part of my gang, mm -hmm. then you can't be here. Right. Be part of my gang. Right. My gang is the Catholics. My right. gang is the Protestants. My gang, gang is the Baptists. Mm -hmm. If you're not part of this gang, that's it. Right. But if you strip that all away and understand that spiritually we are looking to God mm -hmm. and the universe, mm -hmm. Allah, Jehovah, mm -hmm. all of these deities in this in that mm -hmm. sense, we're all the same. Yeah, exactly. But if you're not part of my gang, you're not part of my group. You're you're a problem. You're a problem. And, and matter of fact, get out of here. my gang will fight your gang and will keep it more even more confused. To show you that our gang is better. That our gang is better than their gang. We, you know, we, we're coming with the real truth and they ain't coming with the real. And, and if it was up to me, I would rid the world of all the religions yeah. and we would only function from a, from a humanity standpoint. And that and this would be a better world. And if that were the case, mm -hmm. then this place that people call Earth, that it would be heaven. That would be heaven. It would be heaven. Because we'll understand that that person that you walk outside will not do you harm. None. You already know that. Right. If anything happens, you know that person will reach up and bring you up. They have no, they have no incentive to do it because they understand if they understand who they are, that they are a direct descendant of God, they are God's child. Mm -hmm. They ain't gonna do anything that's gonna conflict with another child of God. Yep, that's totally contrary to my way of thinking. Godlike. Godlike. You're not God, but you're Godlike. God, exactly. You of God. You exactly. have these abilities to be of God. But they trying to make sure that you're just a child and when it's time, that. you can be with God, mm -hmm. but not of God. Yeah. So, 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 and, and so the reality of it is, in my mind, and maybe it's me, maybe, <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's me too. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it's me too. <laughs> but they've convinced you to prepare yourself and pray to get to a place that you're already at. Yeah. You're already yeah. here, but they don't want you to understand that you're here, but they're living like they're here. Yeah. They live in the way you, all of us sit back and admire the way, you know, they, they flying on jets. Mm. You understand? They living on, they living in that, on the mountain. Top of the hill. Top of the hill, the mansion, them big old gated communities. Top shelf, everything. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. and, they're, and every Sunday they're convincing you to stick to this narrative, stick to this, and if you, long as you, you know, long as you do this, long as you say, and, 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 and I'm not saying that you ain't going to get receive some nice things and mm. whatever, right. but, but you are missing the point. If you're totally into that, you're, you're, you're not making the connection that you have to the creator and the creator has to you and, and the universe yep. and how it all, and how it all really works. And you really don't need nobody behind a pulpit telling you anything because you already, you're beyond that. Seek knowledge. Yes. Seek. Don't listen to knowledge. Seek it. Seek it. And if you seek it, it'll find you. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And then when you have those conversations, it becomes clearer. So clarity comes from knowledge. Exactly. And that's how I always go from that. But 
We can go on forever, man. man. You know better than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate your time, Russell. Um, I think the Thank next you. time we'll be sitting down is you giving the narrative wow. of, hey, look, be somebody. Um, and then we get your voice out there because I look forward to that. And uh, you're my partner and my friend. And I really want to hear that. And um, just like I enjoyed this, I'm hoping each one of you take this as really something you can take with you and make it better in your life. Absolutely, man. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, inviting me here to my to pleasure. program, man. And uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to introduce me to your audience. I hope your audience will also become a part of my audience. Absolutely. And and I, I'm sure they will because they've been listening to you and they're being inspired by you. And we want to just continue you know, to push our narrative and, and, and our understanding mm-hmm. and hope that we can just make this a better place, man. And once again, man, thank you really for Make heaven real. Yes, sir. That's it. Yes, sir. This is the Minority Reports Podcast. I'm Michael Yabuji, Black Brother, and we enjoyed our time with Russell Kirkman. And listen to us every other Monday on the Minorities Report. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.